I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast where we have a win to talk about and we have a clean sheet to talk about. Some people will think that's putting a massively positive spin on, on proceedings from the weekend, so I'll get the opinion of our guests tonight to see what they think, how they interpreted uh, the results. So joining myself and Gareth, we have Phil Smith from the Sunderland Echo. Evening. Evening. And we have Chris from, from the Terraces. Do you want to just give a quick explanation of what that is to people? Yeah, evening. Um from the terraces was something that I started uh, roughly last year and it was just in regards to kind of that that casual culture of a weird days uh, clothing so the idea is that you don't have to wear a football strip on on a weird day and you can but you can still show your colours um, and obviously do red and white for Sunderland and all different colours for yeah. every other team as well so but when, it's, when it's red and white you mean like very small nondescript almost red and white so the, the look you go for if you, if you think about people who might wear like Paul Smith polos and stuff yeah, like that yeah like pretty green Hugo Boss that type yeah. of thing um, and then um, with a logo on the chest um, from the Terraces logo and then on the on the left sleeve there's always a, a little block of colour talking like a couple of centimetres so you know red and white blue and white yeah maybe even black and white very subtle like it like it a lot um, okay we're going to talk about the game you okay Gareth? Yeah, I'm just looking. Okay, all right, you just seem like you're miles away. No, no, I'm, I'm um, admin, live admin. <laughs> right. Live mile admin. That's I'm interested right. to know how uh, people viewed this game. Well, there was a lot of discussion in the group chat after the game. I think 50% of the people involved in our group chat, I think there's about a million people in our group chat. In this there's not a million people. It feels 10, like it. There's 10 people. It feels like it. Um, there was a 50-50 split, and some of us were saying we thought, job done, and, and give... The opposition some credit. They've got they've got a new, very famous manager in charge now. Just because Sol Campbell's famous doesn't mean he's going to be a success. But my opinion is that um, what that will do is is boost their players' performance levels initially because they want to make a good impression. And I thought they tried to keep the score down as much as they could, and it was frustrating. But I was okay with it personally. And the other people in the group chat thought it was absolutely terrible. And I kind of know where you're leaning towards, Phil. Well. Uh- a, a little bit of both. I thought it was an absolutely terrible spectacle. You know, I didn't, I didn't enjoy the game. Um, it was okay in the sense that I think at the moment you have a little bit more confidence that they're not going to give away a stupid goal when they don't play particularly well or something like that. Even though they did give give up a couple of really good chances, um, so I'm okay generally with the way the team's shaping up. And I thought again, it was another example of some partnerships that are formulating quite well central defence central midfield but having said that I still think that 
generally speaking, the team is a long, long way off where it needs to be be a top two contender. And I thought Saturday was another example of, particularly in the final third, just very, very, very slack uh, and, and almost laziness in the in the decision making and the execution. Um, and I think it's fair to come away from that game pleased that they got the result, particularly going into a run of cup games because you don't want a poor league result hanging over you like that. But still thinking that you know there's a, there's an awful lot here that needs to improve. Phil Parkinson said the players might have been tired. Are you having that? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I mean, I think it has it ha- it has been a grueling schedule, and, and the biggest kind of um, leeway I would give is that you know the, the manager still hasn't really had any length of time to work with the players on the training pitch. So I'm kind of quite forgiven in that sense. But I don't know. I thought that was a I thought it was a, an opposition that looked incredibly nervous that didn't really seem to know or be in any shape to progress the ball well to cause problems I thought they looked very vulnerable and to me Sunderland were just incapable of, of opening them opening them up in the way they should by, by one or two players so I, I think it's 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 good that they ground the win out I think that certainly bodes well and like I say I think defensively they're a better side this year but I think if you want to be looking when Coventry and Burton come to the stadium like at the end of this month I think if you play with that, I think you'll get punished. So hope, hopefully this is the start of him getting a bit of time on the training pitch to sharpen things up because I think they need it. How did you view the game, Chris? Uh, yeah, it was a it was a funny one. I thought, I agree with Phil on points there. I, I thought first half, I, th- I thought we played all right. I didn't think we were too bad. Um, second half, I think we just lost our way a little bit. And um, I, I, th- I think for me, it's one of those ones where it's just a win it's it's one of those games that you don't remember I think sometimes we can look back and we can think you know under Roy Keane or whoever that we were you know pummeling teams left right and centre and to a certain extent that that was true but there was there was lots of games even under Mick McCarthy and promotion seasons where we just ground out those you know you walk away from the stadium and you totally forget about those results and I think it was just it was just one of them I think the worry is if if that continues like I say against the the better teams I've come to Come up, come up the stadium like. Mm. I mean, you're known for being negative, Gareth. But you, am you, I really? You, you were. Uh, Is that a thing? You were with me as well, weren't you? Well, you're uh, certainly in the initial aftermath of the match. Yeah, it's um, you know, obviously there's mixed opinions on. So the last two league games, definitely, and there's two sort of two camps where it was like we kind of agreed in both respects. Thought we were a bit unlucky at Shrewsbury, where some people were saying, "Well, we didn't play well at all in that game for long periods." Um, and then, you know, but then by the same token, it's like, well, if you're going to apply that logic, you can't really complain that you haven't played well and won one nil at home because you're saying, well, it doesn't matter how you play as long as you get three points in the Shrewsbury game. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of debate and the the factor, I think, still is a bit of a hangover from the Jack Ross era and that people will still go, well, if that was under Jack Ross, people would be like kicking off about it, but in my opinion, and this isn't a slight on, on Jack Ross, it's just the two managers have got obviously taken different approaches with this team to the way they want to set up. And I think that we have been more, generally more aggressive um, in games under Phil Parkinson, trying to do, and I thought we tried to do the right things against Shrewsbury. We did the right things a different way, I think. Um, I know people were saying the game was really slow, and I think you know, much some might argue where we got dragged down to their level a bit and we could have upped the tempo or, or whatever, but I think we managed the game without really being under any pressure whatsoever. And I agree, you know, people will say, well, yeah, they conceded this many goals 
to these teams over the course of the season so far but he's had what 10 days to work with them now and what he'll do like there's no way he's not going he's going to go in and go right this is what we're going to do like I want to play this way he'll have to just go in and like basics right first thing we'll do would try and be more solid defensively defensively and that's all they wanted to do really they just wanted to keep good shape and I thought you know they they did I thought you know and that's probably the failing for us is the game slowed down a bit when we got into the final third and we probably let them recover whereas you know against Tranmere it was really slick and incisive and we cut through them and they didn't have a chance to kind of think about what they were going to do again into shape where we let them a little bit I think you know Conor McLaughlin although some would argue he had his best game for Sunderland at the same time, I mean, he gets into the final third and it's like, it is the the ultimate nosebleed. It's like he doesn't know what to do. He just like stops. It's almost like stands on the ball and goes, right, well, what do I do now? Yeah. And then, and then you know, McGeady on the other side, slowing the game down. And like, some people might go, I mean, you criticise McGeady, but he was slowing the game down. He gets the ball and he's like, right, I want to do this. I want to step over and then I want to come inside and see if there's a shot on. And then I want to work the ball back out wide if there isn't. That's basically what he does every time. Um, and the problem is there wasn't ever a shot on because we were letting them get back into place if we just move the ball a bit quicker. And when we move the ball quicker in the first half, you know, the space is opened up for all nine and and, and Hume will combine for the goal. So I mean, more on all nine in a minute. You, you just mentioned uh, McLaughlin there, Phil. He did have a lot of the ball, particularly in the first yeah, he half, did, didn't, didn't he? he? Well, and I, I don't know if that was a deliberate tactic or whether Southend were prepared just to <coughs> let it, but it seemed to find its way to him a lot. And as Gareth said, actually, he's got a good touch. He was some, some of those balls weren't easy to control. He's taken it down, but as Gareth said, he's not a good player knows what they're going to do with the ball before they receive it. They're thinking about where, what the next pass is and he does seem to stop the ball and then think, now what do I do? And unless there's an obvious pass for him, I'm not sure yeah, he knows what he's going to do. I thought, I thought it was an interesting one on, on, on Saturday because certainly at half-time, um, I probably had him down as, as one of... Well, I did have him down as one of the poorer performances. Like you say, I thought he was slow, sluggish. I actually thought he did okay in the second half. I thought he put two absolutely fantastic crosses into the box. The first one that Greg nodded over the bar um, and the second one that he, I think it might have been 9 flicked straight at him. But I thought they were two really good first-time instinctive crosses. So whether that's maybe something mentally that he just needs to work on and kind of backing himself and not taking that extra touch or trying to overcomplicate the game because personally I thought in the second half he looked like a, a, a decent option um, especially when it gives you the the option of playing Luke 09 further forward uh, I, I would agree I thought it took, took him a long time to get up to the speed of the game and I thought first half he looked off the pace but second half I thought I thought he did alright and if he's going to produce that quality of delivery that he did in the second half then, then he'll be alright And if he's looking for inspiration Chris he just looks to the person on the other fullback position because this is somebody who I mean he was young and, and people have been patient with him and we've we've never gone over the top with criticising Denver Hume um, but you look at the, his last two games compared to how he started the season and you would never think that's the same player No I, I thought I thought Hume was uh, my man of the match uh, especially on the first half and I think obviously everybody dropped the performance second half but I just I love it when he runs with the ball uh, I think you've got to kind of give him that licence and, and, and get out there and you've just got to look at the goals and some of the crosses that he's put in this season of you know there's an argument there that he's a better winger than we're going to have another left back that's a better winger than he is a left back which we've had over um, every left back we've ever had exactly so <laughs> yeah. I, I, I th- apart from Mickey Gray went the other way yeah yeah <laughs> I, I just think you know you've got to let you've got to let Hume play and I think 
you know, it, it helps having McGeady out there with him and you've got to look how they're linked up and I think McGeady made the right decision to pass it, which second half, he, a few times he, well, you know, he scored off a, off a long range, but he, he, he didn't release it enough. Um, and I just, McLaughlin for me, is just, he, he, he probably is the weak link, the weak link at the minute for me because um, I just think he, he doesn't look like he's up for it and I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if that's just his mannerism. He just looks like Will Grigger right back for me. <laughs> like a longer, taller <laughs> stretched, Will Grigg. Stretched yeah, Will Grigger right back. Yeah. Well, he, Grigger had a shave, didn't he, in the week? So. Yeah. But Hume, yeah, I mean, that it, it probably his goal of the season if he'd scored that one way. Kind of went round a few players and it's an argument people didn't know what he was doing with the ball, but... Um, and then I think there was just some ironic cheers from from the throwouts from the keeper, which I think he's McLaughlin's always been wanting to kick it. Um, so it was strange to see him throw it out. So I don't know if that's Parkinson's influence coming in there. I think everyone noticed that instructions. Do you think Phil? Maybe only passed to somebody with the same set <laughs> name as him within a certain time frame when he's got the ball. McLaughlin to McLaughlin. Yeah. The, of course, the um, famous eighties pop synth act, McLaughlin to McLaughlin. Not really. It just sounds like one. You thought you were thinking then, and actually, you was, actually yeah. thought, yeah, that's how convincing McLaughlin to McLaughlin it would be like a number two in the middle as well. You could see that as a in eighties pop synth duo. You'd listen to them, wouldn't you, Phil? No, it's not my bag at all. <laughs> yeah, you would. Would He's the lying. promo shop one be facing the camera and one be facing him? Yeah, on the side, definitely. That was the eighties thing, wasn't definitely. it? Um, I agree. Trade of thought gone now. Were you going to say something before that? No, not really. Keepers had a rocket up his arse, though, hasn't he? Now it's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, because he's he's you know his place was solid last season. Uh, player of the season, wasn't he? McGlo- I think McGeady got it in the end. Did they get one each of some some sort? Did they? I don't know. I'm sure, oh, yeah, I'm sure they, they got did, one yeah. each. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously Lee Burgess uh, took a knock now after after dislodging him out of the team. So you know he's, he's going to be on his toes. And he's going to it's going to be good for us. That can't it? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm probably one of those who, generally speaking, doesn't like seeing goalkeepers chopping and changing much. But I, it's it's one of those strange things where I think it's been good that when McLaughlin's had that dip in form, the Burge has been there. But you know, I've, I've said since the start of the summer that I couldn't understand how the club almost managed to, for me, unsettle John McLaughlin by we said there was going to be a contract offer, and then we heard that they hadn't gone very well or whatever, but they were going to go back to the table and still nothing's happened. And I just think, to, to me, it's been a little bit of a mess because whether, okay, he's had a few bad bad games, but, you know, John McLaughlin's still one of the club's best assets. He's one of the few players who, theoretically, someone in the championship would probably come in and pay money for. So, for me, it's a combination of the two things. I think it's been good that Lee Burge has been there, but I think if John McLaughlin's form, it, it still frustrates me how that, went in the summer and I personally I think that must have had an impact on him this season um, but hopefully hopefully now he can get his head down for a few months and, and keep his place because you know I think he was the reason last season why when Sunderland were pretty poor defensively they were still managing to keep clean sheets somehow because he was so good and they, this year they've improved defensively but they haven't kept clean sheets and maybe part of the reason of that is because the goalkeeping hasn't been quite as good so hopefully he can get back to that level but um, I think yeah, it's it's good Burgess being there, but I, I still think there's a, a lot that can be improved from how that's gone in the last few months. Are we worried now about the next game not going ahead for international? I'd be very surprised if it gets played. I guess if... <coughs> if um, Is that the next league game? Yeah, the yeah. Next league game? yeah, if McLaughlin says he won't go with Scotland like he did for the Fleetwood game last year, I guess they could play it, couldn't they? This is a qualifier, though, so he will go, I would have thought. 
was, was a friendly, friendly, was a friendly last year. That's why he didn't go. Yeah, yeah. They're well, out. he ain't going to play. In they're the, out, aren't they're they? Out. Surely they're out. They lose they every week, don't they? I think they are out. Yeah, yeah. They've he got played a, in the summer playoff coming up, though, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Are they not in the Nations League? They are because they're so he won't want to. They won the group. In the well, Nations he, he's, he ain't going to play, is he? Well, he might do. He played in the last game. Well, against San Marino. Well, because I picked them because we were playing. But if I'm, you know, you know, he might it might be his shirt to lose now. <laughs> yeah, I got a clean sheet against San Marino. Same as Southend, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I just think it, in this situation, could he not have a word and say he's got his third choice for Scotland? He is. Like, he's not his second. Well, there he's was definitely two second. He was, who were the two ahead of him before? Before he became because there was two ahead of him before because he was third choice. Marshall McGregor, but McGregor's Marshall retired. McGregor. Has McGregor retired, has yeah. he? Oh, well, okay. Um, <laughs> so if Marshall got an injury, he would theoretically yeah, okay. be Scotland's. I, wasn't, I didn't know that. So I that's not going to happen now. Then we can rule out I'm just, I find, <laughs> I, I think the situation has changed significantly, I think, anyway, from, from when McLaughlin from McLaughlin did that last year, but I, I might be wrong. But certainly if Burge is not even back in training yet, I think they, yeah. they I don't think they're going to take that risk, but we'll we'll see. I saw the under-23s yesterday, and you don't want to be relying on um, <laughs> those two goalkeepers, I don't think. I mean... Talbot did okay when he was oh, sorry, uh, Anthony Patterson, is it? Sorry, yeah, yeah. came on and did all right. Um, He's not right keeper. From what the I other lad who started the game had a didn't have a very good game. He got like beaten by a shot from thirty five yards, which you watched. His tweet is good though. Isn't it? Yeah, he did say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say sorry. It's I good, mean, to be fair, tweet. yeah, you have drawn once this season. It was only a half-hearted apology anyway, wasn't it? It was kind of like, this is life or something, didn't he? Well, yeah. that's life, you yeah. know, handball outside the box. It was a shrug the shoulders apology, which yeah. I kind of liked. Yeah, I liked yeah. it as well. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Crack on with your Sunday evening. Don't let it <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they're probably used to getting beat by now. I think that's nine. Nine defeats in ten for the under-23s. Um, one draw this season. It's going well, isn't it? Kind Great. He's looking in good shape at the moment. Excellent. <laughs> Back to the game, uh, George Dobson thoughts because he's he split opinion again. I thought he was really good. Oh no! See, so this, <laughs> see, this, this <laughs> that was perfect timing, Chris, because he he splits opinions and then he very good, and then oh no, nah. and this is so speak debate because this is this is another one. Um, you go first. I, I just think with Dobson, uh, to be fair to Dobson, I think he did more than power on Saturday, um, but. I think for me, Power's got a bit more kind of cash in the bank in terms of, you know, what he's done in the past. So, but if we're looking at it on Saturday, I thought I'd, I think he did have a better game. I just, I think for me, he does a lot of running around. Um, he gets the odd tackling, but I just don't see what what role he's really playing. Um, I think he's he's caught between defensive and, and offensive, and I, I can't figure out who is the offensive midfielder in that in, in that midfield. Um, you know, I think in the past we've been guilty of having two centre midfielders that just you know stick in front of the the back four, which causes issues. And I, for for me, the only positive with Dobson is that he's young. He's you know he's come from a a good club academy wise, and um, I think he's got potential there. But for me, is he is he better than Dylan McGeoch? And I'm a big McGeoch fan. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> I'll just throw that in the Not mix as me. well. Um, I'd, I'd just much rather have Dylan McGee up at the minute. Um, I just think he moves the, the ball a bit better. That's, you know, obviously just my opinion on it. Um, but Dobson, I just don't see it. Like, I, I don't, I really don't see it at the minute. I think, he, you know, the thing about someone like McGee is, and talking about the way McGee plays, I think McGee 
kind of guilty of slowing the game down. I think he takes too many touches on the ball. Mm. I think maybe, I know, I see what you're saying about Dobson's role. I wonder if he's more like a, and this, I'm sure he'd, he's, this isn't his primary role, but more of a second ball winner, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like somebody who's going to like run around the space, pick up the loose balls. Power seems to be the one who's taking the ball off the defence and driving forward. And he's always saying like, who wants the ball? Who wants the ball? Yeah. And he's looking for the, the pass in between the lines. Where it feels like Dobson's more like, and it, like in, he's obviously picked, you know, and people have the opin- opinions about McGear, but he's clearly picked people like Dobson and Power and all nine in those areas because they're energetic. And the thing we, we've lacked before Parkinson came in is energy. In the team, we've lacked pace. So he's obviously trying to put get what more in there straight away and try and address that. We just haven't got the options to when when Watmore's out for example we haven't got the option to replace him if you take Dobson out of the team yeah you put McGeoch in or Ledbetter in but they're not gonna they're not gonna offer you know the the same the, or the, yeah. the you know in, in in starting a game now if he wants to play that way the argument would be do we go out and reinforce that area and let some of the people go in that area or do we bring say someone like Ethan Robson back who maybe fits a profile of that style of play like he's more like Dobson and Power than he is like McGeoch and, and Ledbetter isn't he so plus he's 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 got some height on him as yeah, well he's, he's about six foot I think he is and he so but yeah I can see your point but I I, I can see why he's picked those players it's almost yeah. like a, it's, it's less about the maybe ability and he, more about the he probably just needs a run of games and it's, I think it's unfair to judge too early even though I am judging a bit early I just I just don't see it at the minute, and I hope he can prove us wrong. And, and he, he spits opinion, and that's why I asked the question. That was why it was perfect. The, the answer you both give there. Uh, how significant is it, Phil, that Dylan McGeoch's not been featuring under a new manager? Yeah, I think it's it's one of those where I find it very, very, very difficult to see him um, see him staying at the club past January, really, just because it's kind of obvious that Parkinson's watched games from earlier the season and, and obviously doesn't fancy him. I'm, I'm ecstatic that I found the last surviving member of the Dylan McGeoch <laughs> fan club managed to get us both in the same room and on the same table. But no, I, I think it, it was telling as well that obviously Parkinson came in for his first game and he played that very sort of 4-3-3 and he put Ledbetter at the base to shield the defence and that straight away was, he obviously decided very quickly that actually didn't want that, he didn't feel he needed that and that means that, you know, not only is he not playing a defensive midfielder, McGeoch's a second choice defensive midfielder, mm-hmm. I know Parkinson has kind of hinted a few times that he doesn't feel the squad is that big, but realistically, we have pretty much got two players for every position. So if he wants to go and strengthen in January, you have to kind of think that one or two will go. And given that he's not playing any kind of defensive midfielder and that Ledbetter seems to be ahead of him in the pecking order, realistically, it's it's tough to see why why McGeoch would stay. And yeah, he'll probably play in the Leeson.com trophy games, but if he bosses Leicester under 21s tomorrow is he realistically going to be back in the team for the league game I suspect not I might, I might be proved wrong and I would certainly love to be proved wrong but injuries like, injuries haven't helped either I think no his career I, th- I think and I think that's one of being, being one of the frustrating things he came at Sunderland on the back of his one of his first real seasons where he seemed we've got past that um, and he played pretty much every game for Hibs um, but for one reason or another you know it, it just hasn't quite happened for him as much as I rate him as a player and to be fair I think you, know, you only have to look at the quotes from Jack Ross the whole time he was here. I think he was someone who rated him, but ultimately you could tell he frustrated him in games. And 
and part of him was that I think he felt he's too often played it safe in possession rather than playing with a bit more bite but I mean we'll, we'll see but you have to think at the moment it, it looks unlikely he'll be, he'll be around too much longer I don't I don't really I don't like really dislike McGee or anything like that I think he's he's fine um, he's probably a bit unlucky last season especially after he, you know he probably has best game against the season against Luton um, in that one all draw at the stadium and then he was dropped um, after that and you know he, neither like neither managers sort of been able to he was brilliant. Find a place. He was. Him, really. He was brilliant in the cup games this year against Premier League opposition because it was that was all about discipline, yeah. positioning, intelligence, picking up loose balls, snuffing things out, bringing a bit of composure when the team was under pressure. Unfortunately, Sunderland just don't really play many games at the well. They barely play any games at the moment where that's a, a good skill to have. And what you say there about Power and Dobson is right. It's a different skill set. I still think McGeoch's a good player. I'll you know I'll die on that hill. But um, <laughs> and I think those games sum it <laughs> up because he. Because he, you know, he showed he's got real intelligence and he can make up for his like pace, but it just doesn't seem to be a skill set that Sunderland really need at the moment. And look, Parkinson's it, it, made clear he does look like a player that would fit a League One team. Like, I think he looks fine, and I think he probably, if you got to move to a Championship club somewhere, he'd probably be all right. I don't think he'd play every week and be a star player, McGeoch, um, but I think he would. Do better. He, could, some he, could play, he could play for Rochdale the way they're not going to vouch. But no, <laughs> your, your general point is <clears throat> is, is right. More, more, you know, he's once more time on the ball, doesn't he? And you know, it's a bit more. He sees those kind of cagey games and those more kind of tactical games and the general sort of chaos of, of League One. I think that's a, a fair comment. Mm, definitely, and the, and the Ethan Robson thing's a good shout, isn't it? I'm, I've been firmly aboard that bandwagon. I think. I th- he was he was another one where you you do start to get frustrated because every time you kind of say right this is Ethan's time now he would pick up a pick up a little injury and 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 that was something that was frustrating frustrating Jack Ross um, but yeah he's the thing about Ethan is he he has got that height he can get about the pitch but he's got really good quality as well he's got a really really good left foot so I mean I would I would definitely try and find the space for him. In the squad, I have to say, I never, I never really thought he was that great when I watched uh, him for the under 23s. I think he's decent. But it's, you know, it's, it's difficult to tell sometimes with the under 23s. I think, like, when you watch like someone like Madger, for example, and he on the under 23s, he was like miles better, like everything he did. And the difference, I think, maybe with Robson is because of the position he plays. I don't know, maybe it's difficult, more difficult for him to, to stand out um, in certain games, uh, but. He was unlucky because he came. He had that excellent half against Carlisle on the checker trade last year. Scored and then got his injury, didn't he? And it was it felt a bit for him there because he came back and he looked excellent. And then you know he had his best probably best game for Sunderland really in that little period in terms of his dynamic approach to the game. And then like you say, he was a bit unlucky, but he probably fits a profile of the player. The kind of player that Parkinson wants in than than the ones we've got. So mind you, I would say on Dobson in the in the Burnley game, I thought he was probably man of the match in the Burnley game, mm-hmm. and that was against a Premier League team as well. So I just think he'll get better, Dobson. The boy players, like Chris said, there, if he'll run in the team, will will do him the world of good. I mean, look at the way Lugo Nines improved this season, and a new position for him on the front three on the right of a front three do you want to um, have a little do, shall we do the breaky bit and then we'll talk about Lugo 9 no because I want to talk about Lugo 9 then we'll do a breaky bit and then we'll talk about the investment alright ok do yeah. that then so the we'll investment just, again we'll, have we spoken we haven't spoken about it have we I 
did that. Did the show on group. Thursday? The bloody group. I did the show on Thursday. Did you? Did you not listen to this? I think I did, didn't I? Yeah. Who did? Yeah, I did. Yeah, did you talk about it then? Did you? What an idiot! I can't. Remember. I was on holiday, man. Talk- <laughs> GE is not going holiday, really, doesn't it? <laughs> I didn't have very good Wi-Fi where I was. Anyway, who cares? Talk about Lugo Nine. I just because Phil's here, that's all. So to get his opinion on okay. Lugo Nine. Um, yeah, a new position for Lugo Nine, but he's he's influencing the game from whatever position he plays. You, you mentioned Gareth, didn't you? I did listen to Thursday say because you mentioned how we come on a left back and he will influence the game from there. He did. He was like against Oxford. He came on and we got better straight away. And you know he's a little bit. As a kind of a curmudgeonly chap myself, he's a little bit irritating, like in the way he goes on. Like, not gonna lie, like when he when he scored, and he was like, he did about five celebrations at the weekend. He got up, he was like doing a bow to nobody, and everyone went in and celebrate with Hume and left him sliding at the corner flag on his own. Maybe just got sick of him, but you know, yeah, from a football perspective, perspective um, yeah, I mean. Getting, you can arguably he, see he's our best player his, at the his, moment. His improvement is marked from, from last year. Oh, yeah. It's a marked improvement from last year. Massive. To go from somebody who looked so out of the depth in that first game last season to somebody mm-hmm. now you think he's probably our best player at the moment in, in, in form. It's debatable whether or not he is the best player in the squad, but in terms of form, I think he has the most impact on games. Yeah, I, think he's a, I think he's a better player for having had that spell at right back. When he first used to play in midfield, he was just so... He almost seemed overwhelmed by the game happening around him and the pace and tempo of it. And I think that spell at right back, he seems to see the game a little bit better. He seems to be more selective in when he makes his runs and, and when he gets involved. And I think that's the big thing for me because actually he's always looked like he's had a really good finish on him. If you remember that Shrewsby goal, that was that was an unbelievably well taken goal and that kind of taken aback by that. And but I think he's always had that side to his game. It was more just he didn't seem to have that composure or that necessarily that awareness in that position in, in terms of affecting it week in, week out. But now he he seems to have that. And in terms of that, you can maybe make an argument for what more as well. But for me, he's the first name on the team sheet in that front four, in that forward area. I don't think there's anyone at the moment playing anywhere anywhere near his, his level in terms of what he's bringing week in, week out. This is a time now for him to cement that with the Gooch injury um, and the way the, gun, the, the forward options got in those areas. You know, it's, it's probably between him, McGeady and Maguire for a place in the team at the moment. He w- you would say two of those three um, in forward areas anyway. Um, I mean, you could get them all in if you put them back to right back he'd and he'd put, do he'd a job put a, from he'd there. put them behind the striker when Gooch is fit and Gooch and yeah. McGeady be the wingers, I would have thought. Oh, well, he likes Watmore as well. So well exactly. It's going to be Watmore, Gooch and McGeady, I think, and then or nine or Maguire as a separate battle, I think. Personally, good, yeah. good yeah. you obviously all agree because you've gone quiet. So. Yeah, I think I think he's class. I think he's a character. I think we haven't got enough characters in the team, and I I think you're just too much of a character for Gareth. But he's a. Do you know what it is? He's a nice character. He's like Maguire's a character, but is he a nice character? Like in certain he's ways, quite he's funny. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I just think O'Nine offers you a physical presence as well. If you look at the headers that he wins, um, he he competes with centre halves and and full backs, and he does really well in that. that you know, um, but the the other thing with with O nine, I, I just think he's got that infectious attitude that brings other players along, um, and I think he will start playing up top more regularly. Um, I can't say him playing it right back the rest of the season unless there's a, an emergency. He'll definitely end up like that at some point because he's yeah. just he's just too versatile not to. Right, let's have a little break and then get Phil's opinion. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, they might have put something in there. They might not have. Yeah, we, need to, we should need to plug our thing. We never, well, okay, I, I keep on thinking we need to do it at the start and then forget. And then by the end, we have to do it at the we end. Never do, we don't like bigging ourselves up. You, you, know had, this, you had the so. ideal chance as well because you started talking about live admin and I was waiting, yeah. and I was waiting for the plug. You know what, you're right. And then you just, I was, you're right. Yeah, we don't like bigging ourselves up or promoting ourselves. No, not really. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're doing the <clears throat> wise men say 500. Consciously we'll terrible it. at it though as well. That's um, the thing. So that will be taking place uh, a live show on the 6th of, uh, Friday the 6th of, of December at uh, Fausto Coffee down Roker. Uh, there will be beer. So don't worry about that. Um, and yeah, so you have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sleeves will be joining us, Stephen Elliott, um, and you know I think Matthew and Rory have got something planned. They're going to do a quiz or something. They're going to do entertainment. <laughs> so if you listen to the reaction pod, it's then worth you, it just for that. Yeah, worry. I mean that could be. I don't know. Matthew <laughs> could be wearing something. Some outlandish outfits might be on display. So you know, if you're into that sort of thing, come down to five a ticket. And we'll just have a bit of a laugh. I think there's only about 20 tickets left. Mm. So if you're thinking about it... Um, five or a ticket. It's a five. Yeah, we always keep I mean? it down. We always do. We, yeah, we always keep it low. And Sleeves is great. And, you know, like he's good on when he does the show. Like when we get the chance. But like... He'll crack. be back soon. He yeah, said. he will be back. be back. He's yeah. already told us he'll be back from November. <laughs> which it is now. Yeah, it is now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So next week then. <laughs> I just don't uh, know. We'll text him. Um, but yeah, he come down because he is really good value. He's got some great... Uh, Roy Keane stories and stuff like that. So, yeah, get involved. 5th, 6th of December, tickets from wisemensay.co.uk. There is literally only 20 left. I have just checked before. So, yes, get get them or else. Or else. That's it. Finish. Or perish. Get right. them or perish. Uh, right. I did listen to the pod on Thursday, actually. <laughs> yeah. I've, just rem- I've just remembered I actually listened to it um, on the morning, doing a morning shop in the co-op in the place we were staying, which is you don't have to justify yourself. A little, uh, a little coastal village. You have called, to make up a story. A little coastal village called Kipford. Anybody heard of it? No. Mm-hmm. It's is it a sleepy village? Uh, that is it a good is quite pun. sleepy. Kipford. Kipford. Okay. Yeah. Um, Acknowledge the pun. It's, it's, it's about an hour over the border in Scotland, so very nice. I'd recommend it. Anyway, I did listen to it, but I want Phil's opinion because he. He uh, he sat down with Charlie and spoke about it, and I just want to know his opinion on how he interprets it, uh, and just generally give us your thoughts on it, Phil. Um, Speak. It's it's good. <laughs> That's my opinion. It's good. No, I think that um, I I think there's probably a, a couple of elements to it for me. One is that obviously we it's not what a lot of people have been hoping for from what we initially thought it was going to be. 
and I think it's probably only right to acknowledge that. I think that there's a couple of reasons why I'm I'm, I'm pleased about it particularly. One is the fairly obvious ones is that regardless of the terms or, or what have you, there's now some money going into areas of the club that have been badly Nobody. short of it. Mm. And that's the other element for me is that I'm pleased that this for me hopefully is moving away a little bit from something that in my opinion has gone on far too long which is uh, biggest budget best facilities we're Sunderland therefore everything's really simple and there's no excuses for not smashing teams for the first time there's this actual well I know well our recruitment clearly the department isn't anywhere needs where it needs to be the academy the results aren't great and we're losing a lot of our good players and yes there's mitigating circumstances for that so it just feels to me like hopefully we can start to move into a much healthier position where some areas of the club that badly need some fresh ideas and some fresh investment can get them. And two, I think for the first time we maybe have a little bit of accountability that I think's been been lacking for quite a while because we've been in this this limbo about who might be coming in, who might not be coming in. Now we now we have that. We know what the plans are supposedly are, where this money's gonna come in and where what it hopes to achieve and, and we can hold people to account for that and that's I think important and I think it's hopefully going to put the club in a healthier position than where it's been for the last six months or so. How's your views on the way it's, it's structured because it's it's almost just there's some money I'm going to see how you deal with that now well, I, before I decide if I want to do something yeah, else. And I, and I think that and I think that's the, the important point and that's why it's definitely disappointing from when you look at these people and you think they might be coming in and kind of taking the control and share. The flip side of that is at the same time, these are guys who've never worked in football before. Um, they've not had involvement in football clubs in the past. They've had various investments in other kinds of sports. But maybe it's not actually the worst thing in the world that they can take a little bit of a longer view at it, begin to see how things operate, where they think things might not be working, where they think might, things might be working, and then hope maybe at some point in the future they, they might come in in a better position and with a better all-round view on things. Um, that's obviously a, a positive slant on it. Um, but I, my probably overwhelming emotion is 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 one pleased that we have an element of clarity, certainly in terms of who the key decision makers at the club are, and two still generally hopeful that this will be a, a, a longer term partnership in whatever form that then goes on to take. And it would lead on to something else. Well, Bigger. hopefully, yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully. I mean, that's you know, it's 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 obvious that that's what everybody would want the end goal to be, um, and and hopefully that. That will be the case, and, and crucially, it's very, very important that this investment is used properly. Um, and yeah, the good thing is that we can we know what's been said, and we can we can hold to account on that. You feel happy with it, Chris? Yeah. At one point, I thought obviously it was just going to fall apart, and nothing was going to happen. Um, so I think any involvement from these guys is like Brexit. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, just never-ending story, wasn't it? Um, so I'm I'm really pleased, you know, these these types of people are getting involved with the club, and um, like Phil was saying, it's it's good to see that um, we've still got football people there, as in, um, you know, the the chairman and, and Charlie. So I think it's good. The only the only thing I'm worried about is it's almost been this thing of, well, we've got this investment, so now we can start spending money on this, this, and this. And I know it got stripped back, and it got stripped back for a reason. But then you just think of the January situation. Obviously, it's me looking from the outside in. You don't know the, the exactly what goes on at the club. But you just think, you know, 
getting rid of Marja and signing Will Greig for nearly four million quid and they're talking about getting 10 million in to fix the problems it's kind of like with that money have not been better spent actually in recruitment because I think it's quite obvious from recruitment it, it, it is a case of you've just got to look at the debuck transfer transfer who's available yeah. um, that's, that's kind of one of the worries I have about it it's almost well they, haven't, they, they yeah. haven't been accountable from from there and they've done a lot of good things don't get us wrong I, I, I don't get this this thing of you know charlatans or whatever it may be it's I just think it's a bit ridiculous I think they've tried the best um, and they have got the best interest of the club at heart um, I think ultimately though <coughs> we're trying your best one thing but you know you've got to deliver something you've got to deliver something the, and the, at the moment yeah. they've failed unfortunately so they need to deliver something this season they made big decisions this season in terms of the actual football side of the, the things. Yeah. And they've got to deliver promotion, they've said themselves. So The worry for me is that we're still making the same mistakes that we did in the Premier League to a certain extent. We're signing cert- certain players that we're trying to sign. Um, and I think we're just making it, a, making it at a lower level. Um, and I don't know if they panicked in January and, and, and just totally went away from what they'd set out to do. Which is, you know, it's understandable as well. Investment... Um into recruitment will be interesting because that could mean a lot of different things. It could mean directly in the transfer market. It'd be interesting to see what personnel changes or gets added to the recruitment team. The that's, thing, that's the thing what is, though, I, I, get, I get that. And I just think, like, if we can sit there in May, June last year and say we're lacking pace and power, height, height in the team... And everybody said that. And everybody Every fan you spoke to said that. Now, I know some, but some people have an argument to say, well, yeah, you can say that, but finding the players is another thing. <sighs> Sorry, like, but, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not having that. You, you can't, you know, I don't feel as though, like, we we, we changed our approach in the way we, we, we brought players in at all in the summer in comparison to, you know, how we did it. In, in the first summer, you got a bit of an excuse because... The squad was heavily depleted, and they need to bring a lot of players in, um, and they did reasonably well. Um, but it was like, well, we know what we're missing now. Let's build on that, and we we didn't at all. And it, it just to me, it's you can have two scouts, or you know, with a remit. But you know, we all watch like X amount of football on television. And if your sole purpose as a as a as a role is in in a business is to go and find suitable players for a team based on the weaknesses in the squad that you have to address, surely you're going to have five options of the type of player that you need rather than five available options that aren't the type of player you need, but these are the players that are available, so which one of them do you want? You know, we did a thing, we, you know, spoke to, well, actually, no, we hosted an event on behalf of the club, you know, before the Heerenveen game and it was said, you know, uh, you know, when the transfer window closes for the Championship in the Premier League, we're going to have the pick of the of the loan market in the Championship and we got a left-back who's played once in about 18 months and the first response on the uh, on the, the, this tweet that was signed and was from a Leeds fan saying, that's for 73, you see words. <laughs> so that tells you how highly regard that player and is that, is that the pick of the loan market in that, in that, in that division no it isn't so I get there's a lot of personality politics at play with our ownership and people are positive about it because they've said lots of good things and nice things and all that but ultimately it's about delivery 
you know, I don't want to be the friends, you know, it's, I don't, we don't want to, you know, you don't want to be mates with people. The point is they're in charge of your football team that you support and they should be scrutinised in their actions to the extent that Ellis Short was and Martin Bain was and Bob Murray was and everybody and Margaret Byrne was and everybody who's gone before. And they've inherited a difficult situation. But, you know, in our hundred and however many years, 129 years, 130 years, depending, don't want to get into that argument. Uh, history, um, this is the worst it has ever been. So, you know, the only way is up from here. Okay. Anything else? Do you want to let people But the know? investment's a good thing. So. <laughs> Do you want to let your, uh, our listeners know, Chris, how they can how they can buy your stuff? Yeah, um, so I've got a, a website uh, from the terraces.co.uk. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Um, if you just look for from the terraces, I think it's actually at terraces from because that one was taken. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. Um, on Facebook as well. We'll tag um, in. The, it's going to be tagged in the, yeah, the, the yeah, socials so tweet, so you know, you'll a, be able to get to that's it. That's all on there. Can I can I just say one thing as yeah, well? Just I'm part of the Red and White Army. Yes, I was. I didn't um, mean to bring that up. And it was just. Um, obviously, we get volunteers for the for the flags. Um, sometimes we we only had well on Saturday we only had six people. So, um, I was helping out at half time. I, I don't think I got back in my seat till like fifty two minutes. I didn't miss anything like apart from Mickey having a shot blocked. But um, it was just to to kind of put out there the flags are fantastic. They do make a difference to the atmosphere. I know. Uh, flags can't sing but they definitely do make a difference and it's just that you know we're we're always on the lookout for people to help out it doesn't mean that you have to do it every week doesn't mean that you know you're committed to it it's just if even if you can help out a couple of games a season it makes a massive difference even if you can just help out at half time because it takes ages to get the flags back in and back up the the top of the south stand so drop the red and white army or chris a message on twitter and ask how you can get involved because volunteers uh, would be appreciated in that it's also worth saying as well that sometimes when there's negatively thrown at supporters from certain quarters and probably being crap fans or whatever. This is a fan initiative that's being put together by Red and White Army and it's an, I think, you know, it's a fantastic job that they do and the, the flags look amazing and they've done a brilliant mm-hmm. job. So fair play to everybody who's, you know, got involved with that and, and you know, made it look brilliant because it does. Yeah, absolutely. There's a game tomorrow which we don't care about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. about okay. that. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.